day 108 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and i'm john and remember this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so day 108 moving through the psalms yep literally uh psalm 89 through 92 so remember we've been yeah working through the psalms been so good so many good things have been popping out but today this is the last day of book three right so psalm 89 is the last psalm of this particular book in the psalms five books of the psalms and he starts out dope right like it's a beautiful one in and how he starts out you know He's praising God in one sense for his faithfulness, right? Specifically, the promises God made to David, right? right. Remember 2 Samuel 7, 1 Chronicles 17. Don't forget them. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Very important chapters in the Bible where God comes to David and he's like, no, no, no I'm going to give you a son. Right. He's going to sit on the throne. His throne will be before me forever, right? right? And it was this dynasty that he promised David that it would extend. And it would be this reign, bro, of righteousness injustice right and you know what's interesting here in this psalm there's a shift right verse 38 yeah but you have spurned and rejected him right you have become enraged with your anointed you have repudiated the covenant with your servant you have completely dishonored his crown in other words remember book three is devastation right there's these questions to god about his promises right so they're basically like yeah yeah you made these promises, God, right. but there seems to be a disconnect because of our problems. Right, 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 right. Their enemies were coming to oppress them. And he's like, Lord, verse 49, where are the former acts of your faithful love uh. <laughs> that you swore to David in your faithfulness, right? And I think um, when it seems as if the promises of God and the problems of our lives are not on the same page, right, right, right. we need to cry out to the God of provision, protection, and providence. Yeah. Right? He's the one we need to call on. And that's what the people of God do as they will go into exile yeah. because of their sin. Yeah. But they still call out and yeah. cry out to the Lord. Yeah. This yeah. word it's helpful to know the promises of God. Uh, a book I've read, I think, that forever changed the way that I view prayer and even the promises of God mm. is this one book, uh, Calling on the Name of the Lord, this mm-hmm. biblical theology of prayer. Gary Millar, Australian yeah. cat. And, uh, huh? New Studies in Biblical yeah, Theology. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he traces prayer, at least through the Bible, back to Genesis 4, 26. 26 yeah. Right, and he'll call it a load-bearing verse. Like in your house, you have a load-bearing wall. And it says, yo, at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Well, at what time, right? It was the time after God had made the promise to Eve that a seed was going to come into the world and set things right. She thought it was Cain. It wasn't Cain. Mm -hmm. And then Genesis 4 goes through Cain's line, and people just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse (laughs) until you get to the end of this. This guy, and it seems like God's promises have failed. Mm. And it says, yo, at that point, people began to call on the, the name of the Lord. And one of the consistent threads that he pulls up is, man, calling on the name of the Lord is not just asking God to help, but calling on God to be faithful to his promises, mm. right? This is what's helpful for us to know. Not the promises of God, what God has said, but it's also helpful for us to know that the Bible is more like a window yeah. than a mirror. And, oh, Jesus 
is going to be the fulfillment of the promises that God made. So now as we call on God to fulfill those things, we can look to Christ and see, all right, where and how is God fulfilling this promise Mm -hmm. for us in Jesus? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's funny is, um, like you say, I love that you brought up Christ because I was going to do that too. Uh Uh, We talked about how the shape of the Psalms, right? Like they're going to have this movement and this flow that mirrors the life of Israel, right? Uh right? So Psalm 90 is actually going to start book four, Uh and book four brings up the the, the concerns and the context of the exile, right? Right? Um, And so... uh, but but it also mirrors the life of Jesus. So Psalm 72, we talked about a while ago, we was like, oh, no, this is righteous reign from this king that comes from David and Solomon. Right. He's the one. Yeah. But what the Psalms remind us of, oh, no, no, this king must undergo the humiliation, this uh, suffering before we can even get to the glory right. and the righteous reign and all the, the hoorahs and the happiness, right? right? Um, and so the psalmist is showing us that as well. It's like he has to be rejected first, yeah. right? Before God's promises can come to fulfillment. And book three, right? Remember, all of the books end with praise. Mm. Even Psalm 89 mm. ends with a blessing towards God. That's Psalm right. 90 comes and he goes back to this foundation, right? So like in exile, Israel's faith will be matured, right? right? So book four, if book three was uh, um, uh, devastation. Book four is maturation, right? right. So, so Psalm 90, they're going to talk about you know, it's one of my favorites, you know, God's immortality, right? He is forever. He is eternal. He right. can't die. He never began to exist. Right. We, on the other hand, <laughs> are mortal, right? So right. God's immortality and our mortality, right? Yeah. The shortness, the brevity of life. And this will call to wisdom, bro. I love it because um, he's like, yo, like, teach us to number our days carefully. Like, one yeah. of my favorite verses. So that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Right. And, uh, you know, the thing he just brings up over and over, bro, is that... um. As one pastor said, he says, uh, man, we have long days, right. but short years. Mm. That at the end of the day, you know, the the dash on your tombstone right. between your birth year and your death year, it right. represents the brevity of life. Right. And when you realize how short your time here on earth is, right. and you reflect on that and how eternal the, right. the, the true and living God is, right. it'll help you walk in wisdom. Right. right? And the wisdom I think we need today right to make you know more careful decisions rather than careless ones right yeah to spend time with the people we love most to live in a way that pleases the lord is to remember those dual realities absolutely yeah um what i love is even after that song break song breaks down right where he's like lord i know that our time here is brief um and you are the eternal god it doesn't just cause him to uh to uh remove himself mm. from the cares of the world, right? But it causes him to cast all the cares of the world on the Lord. Yeah. So at the end, he's going to say, all right, God, I know I'm only here for a brief time, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take all my cares and concerns to you, the eternal God. And he says, Yo, Lord, how long? Turn and show and have compassion on us. Mm-hmm. Look, satisfy us in the morning. God, mm-hmm. I need satisfaction. I want you to do it. I don't want to spend my life chasing after mm. these things make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us i remember uh 2016 mm. 2015 cornerstone church we planted it and that year was just full of tears with a lot of people mm. dying and our prayer for 2016 was all right god we know that you don't have to but we pray that you would give us more smiles than tears at least this year we're ready to cry again sometime, but 2016, <laughs> yeah. we just need more smiles. Than, Please, Lord. Right? Te- yeah. But it's, 
once again, it's us saying we know how brief life is. And so if there's going to be any change, it's not going to come about by us mustering our own strength. It's going to come by us calling Mm -hmm. out to the Lord. And that's what I, you know, let your work be seen. Let the favor of the Lord, there's this constant Mm -hmm. cry and call on the eternal God to break in and to invade into our mortal space. Amen. Yeah. And it's like a, you know. God, the psalmist I hear him just saying like, God, help us to not wait to right. do these things, right? Because there's no guarantee we will be able right, to, right, right, uh. like later. And so it's uh this kind of like urgent plea uh, to the Lord. So super dope. Psalm ninety one. Yeah, you know, another famous one, right? The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. This is a psalm of confidence that right. the people of God went up against danger in in these challenges of life uh, through Adam. They would sing it, and um, you know. He says, uh, he himself will rescue you from the bird trap, right? From the destructive plague. And one of the things I love about Psalm 91 is that when you go to Matthew chapter four, Jesus is in the wilderness, 40 days. He's tempted by Satan. Satan's like, yo, throw yourself to the ground, right? And doesn't the text say, doesn't the scripture say, he will give, you know, angels, Mm. um, he he will give you uh, angels instructions uh, concerning you, right? Like the, the angels of the Lord will protect you. And Jesus is like, it is also written like, don't test the Lord your God. Right. And this psalm is a psalm of confidence. And what I love is that Satan quotes the verse out of context. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because later in the psalm, right, it's this confidence that Israel will have. And it says in verse 13, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Right. So the same serpent that was present in Genesis 3 comes yep. to uh or, or the same servant who was present in Genesis 3 and tempted the first Adam comes in the wilderness and tempts the last Adam or the second Adam, and this time he triumphs right. in his test. Mm. And so mm. it's this confidence that the people of the people of God can have because of God's faithfulness, Amen. provision, protection, and strength. Amen. Yeah. Psalm 92, yeah. last joint. Um, and it's basically this Sabbath psalm, sung on the day of worship. And you just see a person who's delighting in and in awe of God. And um, I think we have to remember, bro, that um, you know the Sabbath is not just meant ever for the people of God to be the end of the week. Right. It is meant to be our end. Right. Meaning mm. that um, you know what God always laid out, what God laid out for Adam in the garden, and what He lays out for us at the end of time is a Sabbath. Is is eternal rest in His presence. In His presence singing his praises for all of eternity, right? And this psalm gives us a foretaste, as it were, of what that's like, right? Like, you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the works of your hand. How magnificent are your works, Lord? How profound are your thoughts? And, um, you know, you, you just see the joy of the psalmist here and that he's going to tell and sing praises about it as well. And, uh, you know, I always say, man, like, it's tough and, as inconvenient and as awkward as it may be, right. uh, you know, sometimes you'd be surprised what telling someone about Jesus will do for your affections. For right. Jesus. Mm. And it's just, yeah, like I he's singing it. about the faithful love of the Lord and yeah. how he'll, uh, and how he'll, uh, um, uh, share that. And the, he ends the song, bro. Yeah. Yeah. The righteous thrive, like, like <laughs> the righteous thrive like a palm tree and grow like cedar tree in uh, Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in no age, healthy and green. And this imagery he uses, bro, yeah. calls us back to the Sabbath, of course, yeah. in the title, but also calls us back to Eden. Right. right. Where at the end of the day, like 
what God has laid out for his people yeah. is a paradise, right. is, uh, you know, his presence with them right. forever. And this fruitful imagery, this planted imagery, the courts of the Lord, right? Like all of this harkens us to, you know, look to that day when God's face will shine on us yeah. perfectly and we'll have his ultimate favor. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I Last thing, I just love that he brings up um, that they'll thrive like a tree, like, but then he says, yo, plant it in the house of the Lord. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things about trees and plants mm -hmm. are um, <laughs> they thrive mm -hmm. or they fail, um, not based on their own hard work, but based on their owners, right? Like you mm -hmm. look at plants and uh, so, so it'll you mark one year. <laughs> As I say, you know a little bit about this. <laughs> yo, yo, it'll mark one year uh, since, so last Mother's Day, I bought Chandra some houseplants. And if any of you know, right, me and Tripp talk about this all the time. Our wives, they like the idea of plants in the house that are alive, but they <laughs> they can't keep them alive, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yo, plants, it used to be plants in the Anwachekwa or the Bearfield household were struggling and they used to yeah. have to work. Like you walked in and they said, man, that alocasia is working hard yeah. to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you walk into Joe's house, bro, mm -hmm. and you see the plants just thriving. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. These are the same plants. It's not about the plant's ability to work. It's about the owner's ability to care. Mm -hmm. And when he talks mm -hmm. about, oh, no, no, these are like trees planted in the Lord's house, they'll bear fruit in old age. I love the fact you brought up this is a Sabbath psalm, a psalm of rest. At the end, this is not a mm -hmm. um, this is not a this is not an application, right? Yeah. It is an implication. It's a mm -hmm. truth. It's a promise. This is the Ooh. state for those of us that dwell with the Lord. Yeah, it's something we hold on to, like, and this promise, this security, this right. assurance, this yeah. rest. You know, we can have this today, not fully like we will have in the the future, right? But truly, amen. And one day, totally, mm. the offer is in our favor, amen. Yeah, God, we pray uh, that we would be uh, people who have hearts who are oriented to that day, to when mm. we will have eternal Sabbath rest in Your presence, gazing at Your face in deep, close intimacy with you, the intimacy we long for and seek in so many other things. God, I pray that we wouldn't put our hearts and our hopes in other things to give us that intimacy and that faithful love that only you can give to us. In Jesus' name. Amen.